morning. Um, Our Bible reading today is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. It's on page 1179. It's page 1179. Philippians chapter 2, 1 to 13. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, In humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much, Karina. Please, would you keep that passage open from Philippians chapter 2, because we're going to be referring to it. Now let's pray. Father, we ask now that you would help us as we come to your word. Father, please give us clear insight to what you're saying to us and responsive hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, There is, I keep hearing, and no doubt you hear this too, a crisis in masculinity. Men apparently no longer know what it means to be men. And I gather it afflicts younger men more than older ones. The American author Garrison Keillor some years ago said, to be a man was once an opportunity for achievement. But now it's just a problem to overcome. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a man? Let's ask a more specific question. What does it mean to be a Christian man? What does the Bible have to say to men about what it means to be a man? Let's start with three realities. Three realities. Number one, God made you a man if you're a man. 
If you're a woman, he made you a woman. Genesis 1 says that God created human beings in his image equally, male, female. But he made them male and female. And what that means is this. The you and I experience life as either men or women. And that experience is different. I've realized that there are some people who really struggle about their identity as male or female. And there are all kinds of things that need to be said about that. But the underlying reality is that we are not human beings in some general kind of sense, and then male and female is some kind of secondary thing. The Bible values our bodily existence. We experience life as either men or women. And that's different. That's the first thing. If you're a man, God made you a man. If you're a woman, God made you a woman. The second thing is this, that our experience is particular. I am a man. I experience life as a man, but I experience it in a particular way. I experience it in the context of the 21st century in Sydney, and I come from a Western Anglo-Saxon cultural background. I don't experience it as a 19th century Chinaman. I don't experience it from the culture of an indigenous community and cultural background. I experience what it is to be a man in the particularities of my wife, my family, my children, my circumstances, all of that encased in a moment of time, a period of time, and in a particular cultural context. What that means is that there is an enormous fluidity about what it means to be a man or a woman. Do you see, you've got two things. There is a kind of fixedness. I am male. I experience life as a man. But what it means to be a man is in the context of a particular culture and time and experience. Some of you can remember back to the 1950s. Yep. Being a man in the 1950s was rather different from what it is in 2018, isn't it? Being a man in Sydney is rather different from what it is to be a man in Sri Lanka. Being a man in the 21st century in Sydney is significantly different in all kinds of ways from what it was in the 19th century, let alone the first century. So what do, you, do you see what we've got? We have two things, two realities. A certain fixedness. I experience life as a man. 
But then there are all kinds of other things that are particular to time and place and our experience and what it means to be a man. What it means for me to be a man at this time in this place. Here's the third thing. The Bible does not give a detailed job description of what it means to be a man. It really doesn't. It gives us examples, the experiences of people living in their culture, in their time, and we can learn from them, sometimes about what not to do, as much as it is about what to do. And yes, the Bible does say some things a little more about, for example, marriage, husbands and wives. We looked at that in Ephesians 5. About what goes on in church, 1, Peter, 1 Timothy chapter 2, which, God willing, we're going to look at at some point before the end of the year. But even there, even there, there is no specific, detailed job description what it means to be a man. But we are given a role model. We are given a role model, and that role model is Jesus Christ. So if you want to know what it means to live as a man, as a follower of Jesus, expressing your maleness, then the model is Jesus Christ. Have a look at Philippians 2 and verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be a Christian man? Well, the model is Jesus Christ. How should you live out your relationships? The model is Jesus Christ. How should you live out your relationship in your marriage if you're married? As a husband, the model is Jesus Christ. In your relationship with your children, the model is Jesus Christ. No detailed job description, but there is a model, and that model is Jesus Christ. Here's the thing then. Do you notice that Jesus as the model for how we to live applies equally to men and women? Did you notice that? What's the model for what it means to live as a woman who's a follower of Jesus? The model is Jesus Christ. Have the same mindset as Jesus. What does it mean to live as a Christian man? The model is Jesus Christ. The model of Jesus applies equally to both men and women. But you have to work it out, what that looks like in the particularities of your life. You have to work out what that means, what it means to apply that model to your life as a man or a woman. In the particularities of your circumstances, your work, your family, your children, your friends, you have to work that out. So verse 12 
continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling does not mean work out how to get your sins forgiven. That is not what Paul means. He's talking to people who are already followers of Jesus. They've already experienced salvation. He says, now you need to work that through. Work it out in your life. As a man or a woman. So there's a givenness to what we are. I experience life as a man. I will never experience life as a woman. But there is that particularity. What does it mean for me to live out that model of Jesus Christ in my own experience at this time in this place? I have to work that out. Not on my own, but it has to be worked out. Okay. Now, let's have a look at the passage. Jesus here, as our model, reframes three critical things for us. There are more, but I'm going to do three because we're going to be Anglican this morning. He reframes three things. I'm going to apply this, or at least look at this, largely through the lens of a man. But remember, this model applies to women as well. Let's have a look at the first thing. Jesus reframes power and status. Power and status are so often attached to what it is to be a man. Not uniquely, but largely, they are things that we associate so often in our culture and across history with men. Men exercise power. Status gives you power. And that means you can change things. The thing about power and status, of course, is that it very easily becomes corrupt. Take the Me Too movement, which has highlighted sexual abuse by men, men exercising power in some kind of way. The trouble is that as human beings, the more power we get, the more we're inclined to use it for our own self-interest, the more we become untouchable. The greater the status somebody has, the less accountable they come, become so often. And it is so easy to abuse power. Notice how Jesus reframes that. Look at verse 6. Jesus being in very nature God. You can't have a higher status than that. Being in very nature God. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. What you have in Jesus Christ is the demonstration of utter humility. He does not use his power and his status to draw attention to himself, to make his name great. It completely redefines status and power. Here's the thing. The characteristic of the Christian man 
should not be how much power they're able to exercise and how much influence in that sense, but how humble they are. The characteristic here of the man of God, and I do mean it as man, is humility. Jesus redefines power and status. Secondly, Jesus redefines the role of a man. He redefines the role of a man. The kind of language I so often hear about men is that men are to lead. And other people are to follow, usually women. Men are leaders. They are to take leadership and change things. We need to be really careful about how we use the language of leadership and authority, I think. Really careful. Look at what it says in verse 7. Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. What's the role of a man? It's to be a servant. That's your role, to be a servant. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus' followers were having a discussion about leadership and authority. And Jesus turned to them and said, we do not do leadership and authority the way the world out there does it. For followers of mine, it's completely different. And then he says this, in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, he says, for even the Son of Man, that is me, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus redefines your role as a man, my role. The characteristic of the man of God is to serve. As a man, you need to work that out and what that means in your marriage. You need to work out what that looks like at your workplace. You need to work out how that applies to your children, if you have children or your grandchildren. You need to work out what that looks like in relation to your friends, to your community, to your colleagues. You need to work out what that looks like in relation to one another here in the community of Jesus Christ. So Jesus redefines power and status. He redefines roles. And thirdly, he redefines success. What is success? Success is living in Willoughby, isn't it? For some people it is. That is a measure of success. I've been able to move to Willoughby. It's the size of house we've got, the kind of lifestyle we've got, the career path we're on, how much money we've got, the kind of holidays we can take, our families, 
our status, that success. Do you notice how Jesus redefines success? Look at what it says. Verse 8, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, death on a cross. Now, we are used to, in churches, talking about the death of Jesus. It's something that's just central to what we believe and what we say. So that language of the death of Jesus, which we know to be victory, but actually when measured in terms of the world, does not look like success at all. Dead messiahs who are put to death by the ruling authorities who they are claiming that they're going to overthrow are not successes. Jesus redefines success. Success is suffering. Success is suffering. Because remember, Jesus is the model for us. He redefines success. Some of that will come through the experiences of the life that God has for you. It will come through disappointments. It will come through illness. It will come through grief. It will come through failures. It will come in the circumstances of life. And sometimes some of you will feel so crushed by what's going on and your life so depleted and empty that you will begin to think that your life is insignificant. It's been hollowed out by your experiences. And you feel that your life could have been and should have been so much more than it is, but it isn't. It's this and not that. Jesus redefines that. Success is suffering. And if that's part of your experience here and now, as a follower of Jesus, and you're wondering why some things are happening in your life and other things are not. And you're struggling with that. Remember, the model is Jesus. He redefines success. So there's the suffering and the struggles that come because of the experiences of life, but there's the suffering that comes specifically because when we step out to follow Jesus, we take a risk. And that whole journey of following Jesus involves taking risks. Stepping out in service and obedience to Jesus. For Jesus, it was the ultimate sacrifice. He lost his life. He died. He chose to do that. But for all of us, if we're followers of Jesus, God will put his hand on your life at some point or other and ask you to step out and take a risk. And sometimes that will be really hard. And sometimes there will be consequences for your life that make things difficult. Jesus has redefined success, though. 
success is suffering. So what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean? If you're a man, you need to look very carefully at power and status and how that works out in your life. You need to work out how you are living out your role as a man in all the variety of your life. And the model is Jesus Christ. It's the role of servant. And you need to ask yourself the question how you analyze success for your life. What are the criteria you have for success? Jesus redefines success. Do you notice where all this, or how this all starts? The origin that Paul urges on us? Verse 5, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What's Jesus' mindset? It's humility about himself. He doesn't need to make a great song and dance of himself. In fact, he gives his life away by serving others and ultimately by dying for the sake of others, for you and for me. It's to have that attitude to my life that says, my life is not mine to do as I please. The goal of life is not my pleasure and happiness. The goal of my life is to give it away for the sake of Jesus Christ and his cause. And I can be secure in that. Well, let's draw all this together. Notice where this passage begin, uh, ends rather about Jesus. In verse 9, we've read about Jesus' humility, about his servant life, about his suffering. He makes himself nothing, says Paul. Verse 9, therefore, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What's that got to do with us? Well, Jesus is our model. To the man or woman who has the same attitude as Christ Jesus, of humility, of servanthood, of following the way of suffering. One day, God will raise you up to be where Christ is. He will lift you up to that. He will exalt you. There is a very important biblical principle 
Let, let me put it to you like this. Sometimes we use the phrase, don't we, in our churches, rightly so at one level, that it's not all about you. It's not all about you. And we live in such a self-centered society, we need to say that quite a lot. You know, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. It's all about Jesus. And that's true. But it's only half true. The reality is God says to you, it is all about you. See, Jesus died for you so that one day you would be exalted to the highest place. He did it for you and for me. And everything that you're going through in this life as you seek to follow him and be humble as you follow the model of Jesus and as you embrace servant living and as you embrace the suffering that comes in all of that, God is at work in you, changing you, so that one day he will raise you to the highest place with Jesus. It is all about you and me. So men, be a man. Be a man. But make sure that the model of your manhood is Jesus Christ who redefines power and status, who redefines roles, and who redefines success. And women, help us. Because <laughs> we're in this together. We need each other what it means to live as a man in the community of Jesus Christ is worked out in the relationships between men and women. Not as against each other, but together. And if you're married, pray for your husband. Let's pray. Father, we do pray that you will help us to take your word and work it through in our lives. Father, we pray that we may know what it is to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.